Welcome to Birkbeck Voices. I'm Louisa Rackman and today I'm talking to Professor Ken James from the Department of Philosophy about nihilism. He will be delivering a talk about nihilism in regard to the Brexit vote and Donald Trump on 29th of May 2018 at City and Islington College as part of Birkbeck's Big Ideas series. This is free to attend but does require booking. I will leave the link to book a place in the description of this podcast. So what does nihilism have to do with Donald Trump and Brexit? I'm an expert in the philosophy of a 19th century philosopher called Friedrich Nietzsche. Friedrich Nietzsche is very, very famous for saying, God is dead. Now, what he meant by this is something beyond ordinary atheism. There have been atheists a dime a dozen for thousands of years. But Nietzsche said we don't really appreciate what it really means for God to die. Because a lot of us think of God as this benevolent father figure in the sky. But what Nietzsche said is, no, for us to really appreciate the death of God is to realise that we've lost all grounds for our values. He said there were a lot of people in his time, which is the 19th century, who didn't believe in the existence of this father figure, but still kept up with various religious values. For instance, the value of truth, the value of compassion. A lot of the Enlightenment thinkers, who themselves were atheists, nevertheless came, continued with Christian values. Not the Christian belief in God, but the Christian belief in the compassion and love towards one's fellow man, and the uh, Christian belief in the sanctity and importance of truth. And Nietzsche says what will happen when we really appreciate the death of God is we'll say, and exactly why should I care about my fellow man? Why should I care about truth? So in a way, Nietzsche was saying with nihilism, you can expect when we really appreciate the death of God, we will have, in some sense, a post-truth era, which is very, very relevant today. And one of the things that Nietzsche was so clever about, he said, look, the important thing about religion is it gives meaning to life. And he said, we human animals, in fact, we humans, what separates us from the animals is that we are the animal that cares about meaning. We don't care, as a lot of philosophers have thought, about happiness and the absence of suffering. We care about meaning. In fact, Nietzsche said, a lot of us will even put up with suffering for instance, join a military where we can be guaranteed of at least some degree of suffering if we find what we're fighting for gives us meaning. So the idea is that we humans particularly have a certain need, which other animals don't have, to find meaning in our life. But Nietzsche said, with the death of God, there comes the nihilism of finding there is no meaning in life. How is that relevant to today? Well, first of all, we can see that it's relevant in that a lot of us feel Nietzsche is correct that after we give up on, really give up on our religious beliefs, we'll start wondering, and why should I care about my fellow man? And why should I care about truth? So we can live in an era where people just make up stories without any eye towards their regard to truth. For instance, all those Enlightenment thinkers who were great, great advocates of science, these were people who were still obsessed with truth. But why should we value truth above everything else? The Bible, in the Bible, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth. So there's a religious basis for worshipping truth, but if we're secularists, atheists, why should we worship truth? So now we have people retelling whatever story interests them, rather than stories that are attempting to be grounded in truth. So that's the first point. If we really lose God, we lose the ultimate grounding for valuing truth. But let's go back to the other point I said. Nietzsche said that we as creatures are creatures who need meaning, and the big problem for modernity is that once we've lost God and we truly appreciate what it means to lose God, we see the world as in some sense disenchanted, as if there are no meanings. 
that is, I think, the relevance of people like Donald Trump and Brexit. That Donald Trump promises, whether it's an illusion or not, whether it's post-truth or not, he promises to make people's lives meaningful again. Because we've had a series of people on the left, for instance, who treat a vast number of people as if they're merely passive beneficiaries of their values. So the people on the left who take this kind of superior position, they see their lives as meaningful. My life is meaningful because I'm the one who's going to look after the poor benighted poor. But what about these so-called poor benighted poor themselves? Their lives are evacuated of meaning. They're merely the passive recipients of the largesse of this inflated, moralistic, allegedly uh, um, compassionate middle class or upper middle class. What Trump is saying is, Trump is saying to them, now your lives are meaningful, we stand for values, whether it be Second Amendment gun rights or whatever, whether it's the right of the working class to jobs or whatever, he's saying, I want to be on your side and see you as active agents in creating a new world. And the same goes for Brexit to a certain extent, that a lot of people in Britain have become disillusioned with the ruling class who sees them as just merely passive beneficiaries of whatever policies the upper class decide to, um, to um, inaugurate. Whereas what Brexit said is, no, we can take back our country, we can take back our world, we can be active agents in creating a new Britain. So I think part of what the attraction of people like Pro Donald Trump and the Brexiters and generally popularism is, popularism sees its its uh, cohort as being active agents in their lives, as creators of their own meaning. So in certain sense, what I want to say is that Nietzsche was completely right about the advent of nihilism, that with, modern, with modernity, we find our lives more and more evacuated from meaning. And so if we look for agents who can supply our lives with positive, active meaning, and where so much of the model of the left has become kind of a condescending um, altruism that configures its beneficiaries as merely passive recipients, Trump and the Brexiters say, no, you can be active engagement in your life. You can be the creators of a new meaning. And that's part of the attraction. Do you feel like there's been a greater propensity towards nihilism recently? And is there a particular reason that this surge of populism is emerging now rather than 10 years ago? Well, I've tried to claim that nihilism has been coming ever since the 19th century and actually Nietzsche predicted it's the history of Europe for the next 200 years. But I think what's happened particularly now is, first of all, there was, used to be two very strong competing ideologies, capitalism and communism. But after the fall of the wall, the communism has disappeared and we've had a series of governments by capitalism of a capitalism of technocrats who have no great ideology. So we've had a kind of ideological vacuum. And what is more, with the government of these technocrats, they are merely technocrats who, A, have not been all that successful. That is, there have been you know, great imbalances of wealth. We've had various um, recessions, the Great Recession, etc. So we, one thing is they cannot supply meaning. They cannot supply a, a genuinely positive ideology. And they can't even supply the material well-being that they're promised. So now the world has become disenchanted of meaning and disenchanted in the sense also of mere consumerism hasn't lived up to the hype that it was originally sold to people. So people are now looking for avenues that can supply them with new meaning. So then, and in these vacuums, it's always the case that some populist, some nationalist comes and says, oh, these people over here, they're the problems. Oh, it's those foreigners. 
And that's a very, very easy horse to whip and to whip up excitement. So we have this confluence of nationalism and hostility to foreigners and a sense of we could rebuild ourselves as a nation by having a more homogenous society. And that's always appealing to certain people. It sounds like you feel like the Trumps and the Fraudes of the world are both reflecting and fueling. Exactly right. You, you need... You need a particular confluence of events for these populists to have a leg in. You need economic hard times. I mean, think of the the famous case of the rise of the fascists in Italy and Germany. They were under severe economic hard times. They'd been the the Great Depression. So when economics are, are, are very bad, that makes for a very restless population who are susceptible to popularism. But I'll say the other things. Exactly as in the 1930s, these populists don't just say, oh, I'm going to make you richer, I'm going to improve your economic circumstances. They say, I'm going to provide you with an active role in creating a new world order of meaning. So it's a double whammy that you need. You need economic hard times, and you need a sense that somehow we're adrift, that somehow the world has been disenchanted, that somehow life has been evacuated of meaning. And the popularists offer both. They say, we will improve your economic circumstances, we will help you realise your ambitions, but we will also help you construct a new world order of meaning. And it's both things that are very, very important. And in this particular era, we've had exactly that confluence of events. We've had a certain kind of economic malaise, whether it be uh, through faults of distribution, whether it be income inequality or the Great Recession, but we've also had a sense that our meaning has been evacuated of our lives. We've been cast in the role of mere passive consumers or passive takers of whatever the political establishment should provide for us. Thank you very much for joining me today. And if you would like to book your free place at Ken's Talk on the 29th of May, the link will be...